0: to the official first episode of Daddy Darter Dishes. I am Kiara and I'm here with my daddy.
1: I'm BJ <laughs> Benjamin Nelson, to all who don't know.
0: If you are listening, he put up both hands like a baby trying to be picked up. Um, so today is I feel like we should have like a confetti thing like because it's our official first episode. How how are you feeling, Dad? We've we we dropped the we dropped the appetizer. Everybody was at Sam's Club. The line was long. They came back. How are you feeling? You almost famous.
1: Uh, hey, I mean, you know that was my nickname a while back. That was uh, bestowed upon me by my union rep person. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I. Ain't, I, I feel I'm a little nervous, honestly, because you know all the positive feedback that we got from the I guess the, you could call it the pilot episode. It's been pretty doggone amazing. Like I'm I'm still in awe of some of the things that I'm hearing about it and how how great some of the people say we seem how how our bond seems to be. And it's just—it's invigorating. It's exciting. It's yeah. It's—it's it's a lot. You do. You <laughs> sound a, a
0: little nervous. Now you say, you—you <laughs> you sound a little nervous. It's okay, Daddy. It's okay. You got
1: it. I'm—I'm I'm trying to breathe. You got it. You got it. Just breathe. don't breathe all in the mic. But you got it. I'm—I'm I'm trying to. Husha,
0: <sighs> All right. So you Uzzah. said you've been hearing a lot of great things. What are, cause I've also been hearing a lot of great things. Um, so I actually have a few, well, I have mine pulled up uh, to just, you know, read, but you can, what are some of the things that you've been hearing or that people have been sending you? Uh, it can be specific, a theme, anything that stood out.
1: Uh, one that really stood out um, was somebody Mentioned that it was like the most genuine thing they've ever watched between a father and daughter. You know, that was that was and I respect that person a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So that meant a lot, you know, and he knows you. He knows me. So, you know, I know he I don't I know he wasn't just going smoke up my butt. You know, it was genuine because he has daughters, too. Mm-hmm. And he and I had a conversation following that. That got kind of deep and uh, got a lot of things that we can relate. I, I, talk, I kind of alluded to him that I said, man, maybe, you know, in the future, we can maybe have you and one of your daughters or your daughters on the show as a guest. when I mean, we can dig into this a little deeper. And he was he was open for it. So, oh, that's so that was funny. one.
0: Is that the same one who yeah, texts us both? That- Yes. Oh, you want to give him a yes. shout out? Or you want to just keep it? Keep it on the low, Uh You can keep
1: we'll
0: it on the, keep it, we'll keep it the low, He know who yeah, he, he is.
1: He know who he is for he's, now. He's going to watch. He's, he knows who he is. Yeah.
0: So I'm glad I asked you. I mean, I'm glad I gave you that decision. And we chose to keep it on the low because I have a one that I'm going to keep anonymous. But she knows who she is. Um, a friend of mine reached out. She said, listening right now, love how y'all interact. She said, man, it's refreshing. Me and my dad's relationship has been off. So I'm feeling really fed right now. It's really important. And I love that you did this. It's so selfless and kind of you all to do. It's needed. Trust me. So that was one that, and that's somebody I, like you said, you look up to that person. That's somebody, or, you know, their word means a lot. That's somebody who, we have grown to have a really good relationship and to know the relationship that she has with her father kind of just goes back to what I said um in the previous episode. Like I feel for the girls and just wanting to be that source of like, I know that even if, you know, me and my dad might not be on the best terms or me and my daughter might not be on the best terms. But I know if when I go listen to daddy daughter dishes we, I'm a feel, you know, a little fulfilled and maybe even motivated to, you know, try and rekindle that relationship with my either my father or my daughter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's huge. Um, I just that's just kind of um, makes me feel good about us starting this because we're not doing it for no kind of monetary we're, that's not our goal. We we just want to share with other people, you know, our bond and hopes that they can strengthen something that's already strong or strengthen something that's not so strong or even rekindle something that doesn't really even exist now. Mm-hmm. So that's our goal. And it's basically to spread love. That's the main thing is to show our love for each other, you know, expose it to the world, so to speak. And hopefully it inspires many other people, daddies, daughters, you know, boys, men, you know, it don't matter as long as you feel in the love. When you come here, you know, it's love. So that's what Oof. that's what gets me excited
0: yeah that gets me so excited uh my mother-in-law miss Fonda my my I call her my number one fan I think she beat everybody uh parents included because she she watches and supports every single thing she listened to the podcast because it wasn't on YouTube when it first came out so she listened to it and then when I uploaded the video she watched the whole thing it was like I listened to it and I watched it I love it like she has such great Great things to say, and so did so many other people, and that was just a really like affirming feeling. Because you know, like, like this is it. For one, it was very hard for me not to call you this morning because it was Thursday, and I was going to call you, and I was like, "Nah, let me save it. Let me save it for the pod." But it, it, you know, taking those weekly conversations that we have and just bringing it to the public uh like you said not doing this for monetary gain or anything like that we're really just trying to spread the love and i actually told my therapist about our podcast and she was hadn't even listened to it yet but she was amazed she was like you know you don't see you don't see that you see a lot of different types of podcasts. You see a lot of the same kinds of podcasts getting put out, but you don't see that daddy daughter, you know, child parent relationship be public. And so it really affirmed that like we have something special here and I am very excited.
1: Yeah, me too. I've been, I'm excited. I might sound (laughs) nervous, but man, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I can see I can feel some something special going on. Mm-hmm. I, you say Miss Fonda Miss Fonda might have everybody beat. I don't know. I got somebody that took it to work. She's a nurse. She took it to work. She let the chaplain of the hospital <laughs> listen to it and man this 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 chaplain is a lady, and told the lady she's in love with me. Oh like, goodness gracious! Not, not,
0: not, not, not like that. <laughs> no no oh. no, not like that. <laughs> Never mind, I retract my statement.
1: <laughs> yeah, not like that. It's just she just admires what just another person that kind of admires what we got going on. Mm-hmm. You know that it's new to people, and a lot of people they haven't experienced something like this. And I was always told. You know, if you find a niche in a market, that's how people, you know, become wealthy or whatever. That part, you know, with that being said, I think we have found we have tapped into something that because I'm hearing that a lot, too, that you don't see what we got going on. And that's the part that's exciting. You know, it's just. It's just exciting, and I'm ready, to, ready to get with it.
0: It truly is. I, like you said, I share the same sentiments. But enough blowing, you know, making us feel good and hyping us up. We not here for all that. No. <laughs> In the last episode, we did touch on one talking topic that I kind of, not kind of, I do want to follow up on. So there were some words that you said. Where you said that uh, about the the unconditional love, right? And <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to do two things. First, I wanted to kind of at my sister Mariana in the best way. This is not no shade or nothing, um, because when she heard that she is a fifteen year old child. So when she heard that. I'm not sure she really registered what the unconditional part meant. And so I think that triggered something for her that made her a little upset. She felt a little left out. But I just wanted to kind of like get, I told her on the phone, we've had this conversation, but I wanted you to share like what does unconditional, which we kind of touched on, but like go into more details. What does that unconditional love mean for you? Like what are some like staple moments that have made you feel like, you know, yeah, I messed up. Yeah, everybody else might be hating me right now. They might be, you know, throwing dirt on my name. But this happened and this made me feel, you know, like I'm not just left out to dry.
1: Well, um, for those who don't recall what we're talking about, I kind of made a statement saying that, you know, I've only felt, what I feel is unconditional love from two people in my life, and that was Kiara and my mother, Anne-Marie, rest her soul. Um, for me, as far as what that means, it's like it didn't matter what I may have done or might have been doing. Uh, as for for example, with my mother, she always you know, would put me in my place with you know, remind me that that might not be the best way to go about doing things. You know, at the end of the day, whatever she was doing, that we'll call it constructive criticism, it was coming from a place of love. It wasn't coming from a place of judgment. It wasn't coming from a place of trying to make me feel like shit, you know, if I was doing something wrong or that was inappropriate. She always had a way of correcting me and making me feel loved at the same time like mm. she wasn't she might have spoiled me you know a little a baby bit boy. but in, in those moments I didn't feel like I was spoiled I felt like I was being you know reprimanded or corrected mm-hmm. but at the same time excuse me I was feeling love at the same time, so that's kind of um, what I mean by that. And then it, she always ended everything with a, a hug, you know, and a smile. Mm-hmm. It's just just warmth, you know, just just goodness. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother was she was she was something else. She was she wasn't a perfect woman by any means, but she was mama, and uh, she passed away in two thousand seven. You know a couple of days What before my birthday mm-hmm. Yeah June 24th of 2007 So that's always been Been tough for me mm-hmm. You know thinking about her um, As far as you I don't know I guess it was It's been part of The way with, that we try to bring you up You know to be Open to be honest To be respectful mm-hmm. But to speak your truth you know, and if you saw me, if you noticed, let's just say me and your mother was going through some things, and you had a way of even as a youngster, letting me know that, Dad, <laughs> that goes against everything that you know you you call yourself teaching me, you have being like you're being a hypocrite right now. Like I ain't you know, I can't really just put it exactly in the words that you might have used, yeah. but the gist of what you were—the message that you were getting across—was that you teaching me this, but your your actions right now are not displaying what you're trying to teach me. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example, and it's not really necessarily with something that I may have been doing wrong when I had a trucking company and it was going under. I remember. And I was in a dark place. I remember. I was feeling depressed. I was feeling like a failure. I was, I felt like I was by myself. That was a tough time for me. And you called and you, 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 you was like, daddy, you are not a failure. Uh, you, you set out to do some, you took a chance. And for whatever reason, and there was a lot of them, <laughs> it just didn't work out. Um, and you basically told me, you know, Let's take some time to feel what you're feeling, but to get yourself together. I'm here if you need me, and it's going to be okay. But one thing you are not is you're not a failure. Excuse me. And at that time, those words, there was, at that time, there was people trying to help me or, like, talk me up in their words like, Really didn't mean a whole lot, or they didn't register with me. But when you you took the time out to make me understand, or try to help me understand that I was not a failure, coming from my daughter, that that just hit different. Oof. And I took it, and I used those words to climb up out of that dark place. Hey, and yeah, so <laughs> that and you never made me feel less than. Your dad, you always showed me that love, you know, and no matter what was going on. So those that that's kind of one of those things with unconditional love that I think about uh, when it comes to you.
0: That's a that was oof. I almost needed a tissue, but I'm, I'm glad that you shared that. And I brought it back up uh, not to like re rub it in Mari's face. And then, like I said, we've had this conversation, but I was trying to explain to her that like unconditional love does not like quantify how much you love her and how much she loves you. I was telling her, I was like, we give daddy two different types of love. And I was like, I think you need to, you know, feel good about the type of love that you do give him because like, I might give him that unconditional, like, oh, you know, I'm gonna put you in your place, but you're gonna feel good. And I'm gonna make you feel good. And then you got Mari.
1: <clears throat> <laughs> straight no chaser. <laughs> she
0: she go. Gonna, she gonna hit you with the right hook, the uppercut. <laughs> in the yes. <laughs> she goes you did this this and this and you going you yeah. know you just gonna it's, be like what what the hell where did that come from from this 15 year old but it registers and then at some point me and you end up having a conversation where you'll be like yeah your sister told me this and you know just hearing how you feel about how she how she shows that. And so I was having that conversation with her because I didn't, I know her young 15 year old mind might have heard unconditional love in her mind, might have twisted it to hear, you know, something else that was not there. So I just wanted to clarify that, you know, for the public record, but also for Mariana Ali Nelson to hear that we love her and that my unconditional love is not greater than Mariana's tough, straight, straight up look. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and to kind of... Oh, go ahead.
1: I was just going to kind of touch on Mari a little bit. She is... Mari is amazing. I always... I told people... I went to a parent-teacher conference at her school and I told the people straight up. I said... I need y'all to challenge her. I said, because Mariana got potential f- from where I sit. Mariana has the potential to be a Fortune 500 CEO if she wants to. Or, this is our podcast, I'm just going to tell Mari got the potential to be a queen pin.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Mariana, top of the chain. Mariana.
1: Got- Mari got, she got, her potential is unlimited. This is
0: not evidence to be used in a future case against Mariana. Hell no, but, (laughs)
1: hey, but the girl, if she put her mind to it and work, whenever she figures out that she can work to get whatever she wants in life, that's when she really going to become a dangerous, not a,
0: yeah, we know. We know not what dang. you're saying. A
1: force, a force, a force a to, be, force reckoned to be reckoned with. In life,
0: she, she and and she's she already a force now. So it's like imagine how she'll be when her mind matures and when she's actually ready to take on the world. And I mean that goes that goes like that's credit to you and mommy. Also, like y'all raised that fierce little girl, and she <laughs> is showing uh, every hey. aspect of it. She will not let you forget that.
1: I tell you what, here's something that just kind of popped in my head. Like, as a parent, you try to, like you say, like I said, we we tried to raise you to be open, honest, respectful, you know, speak your truth. So when when your children get up to that age and they start being open and honest and speaking their truth, and they kind of flip that shit around back to the parents <laughs> as a parent sometimes you just be like hold on first of all who the fuck are you talking to Like when the student becomes I, you know, a teacher <laughs> right you just be like hold on man like I'm, this ain't, but then you have to as a parent you gotta catch yourself you're like hold on this is me anyway mm-hmm. this is the way we raise this child to be you know she's not being disrespectful She's being open. She's being honest. She's speaking her truth. And as as an adult, I shouldn't just say a parent, as an adult, sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow when we get that feedback from those children that we raise. And some adults who haven't, let's say, been around that child or been around that family to know how they're raising their Mm -hmm, children, mm -hmm. they don't understand that at all. They look at it as disrespectfulness Mm -hmm. and, and being out of line and being out of pocket and it's not that way. Is that's just not the way it is. As long as my child is not being blatantly disrespectful, and she's telling you what's on her mind, she ain't got no control on how you receive that message. <laughs> you gotta you gotta check yourself because that's that's her truth. Exactly. And that's that's how she's feeling at that time. So that's an adjustment. You know, I say that like I I ain't got that mastered. <laughs> it's an adjustment. It's something that. Dealing with Mari, it's 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 constant, and that's one of the things I love about her. And I only want the best for her. I just, you know, she she's different. Mm-hmm. You bringing you up and bringing her up is like night and day. Mm-hmm. Y'all are two different people. That's something else that I had to uh, swallow or get adjusted to. Like I can't look at her and be like, well, when Kiara was coming yeah, up, she didn't do this that. or she do that's that's unfair to her unfair. you know that's that's not cool and it's and it's it can cause some damage so I do my very best not to make that comparison you know when when dealing with her on things
0: absolutely but I love
1: her to, I love her to pieces and yeah. there ain't nothing gonna ever change that.
0: Yeah, that's our Marmar forever. So we we yeah. shout out to Marmar. You got your segment, hey, girl. <laughs> We're gonna have you on real soon. Uh, but I we kinda so I think that was the first thing that um, I wanted to touch on about the unconditional love. And to circle back, I wanted to do my second. Um, since this episode will be releasing on my grandma Pinky's birthday. I wanted to spend the time to just kind of talk about the memories that you have with her, especially like growing up, because one thing when I was thinking, I'm like, I remember the memories I had with Pinky, but to an extent, I don't really remember memories that me and you had with Pinky together or, you know, seeing you guys and... I'm not sure if my memory just is not clicking like where that might have happened, because I know a lot of times I was she was watching me. She was helping raise me. So that's why you weren't there because you were like on the road or, you know, doing something. And so, of course, like you weren't there because she was helping raise me. And so I just wanted to like kind of dive into like the memories with her because I'm there have been so many stories in so many different perspectives so I would just love to hear from her baby boy about some of his favorite or most defining <laughs> moments with her
1: ah that's funny <laughs> that's uh, funny there, there are so many memories uh, that involve <laughs> Anne-Marie. Her birthday is on February 8th, by the way. Um, There's a couple that... Yeah, there's a couple that that stand out. And some, like... I remember when... I don't know if it was my first ass whooping she gave me. (laughs) (laughs) So, man, it's like I wanted to have some company. And I came in the house and Ask her, you know, if I could have some company. She was like, no. Nah. So I got mad. I don't know if I threw something down, but I come running down the hallway to go back outside. And and uh, she uh, was following behind me. I got out that door and basically slammed the door in her face. Yeah. And she, man, like she didn't say, she just went, she stayed in the house. She mm-hmm. let me go outside and didn't say nothing, didn't send nobody after me. Man, when I tell you I got back into that house that evening, it was some ass cooking going on. (laughs) She told me, oh man, I don't think I've slammed the door in in life since. (laughs) That's that might not be a good memory, but it is a a, memory. It's a memory.
0: It's a memory. Uh,
1: What else? One of them, like when I got to. When I was playing basketball in high school, one of the, it was a staple for me and her. Like, mama, she loved Coca-Colas, and she did not like to share her Coca-Colas.
0: Oh, we relate. <laughs>
1: so, she put me on. Hey, so um, after every game, I would come home and make like I was tired or whatever, take a shower, lay on the couch, like – and she'd bring me one of her coca Colas. Say, here you go, son. You did good tonight. And I'd just be on that couch in seventh heaven, because I know mama mama gave me one of them Coca-Cola's, boy. I, you don't get one of them coca colas
0: <laughs> She gave you the golden ticket. You was like, I got yeah, one of Mama she cooks. Gave you the
1: <laughs> Was hey. it the bottle?
0: It was the glass bottle. Yep. Oh yeah!
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, them glass bottles hit some different. I remember. They,
1: they I remember hit.
0: she gave me my first glass bottle of Coke. She gave me a lot of my first, but them. Uh, I remember very distinctly because I was confused as to why the bottle was glass. For one, I was like, "Where's the cans?" <laughs> <laughs> and she got the little bottle opener and cracked it open. It made that sh- noise.
1: Yeah. And I absolutely. drank that
0: thing. I was like, ooh, <laughs> grandma, what you got me drinking? Is this drugs? <laughs>
1: hey,
0: that That's, that's, ooh, that, that's, a, I never heard that story.
1: Yeah. Just an aside, of- like,
0: this is why I'm loving the podcast, because that's like, that's not something that you hear. You know, we, um, us as Nelsons, if any Nelsons are listening, they know that, you know, we get together, we share pretty much the same stories. And so it's nice to hear a variety. Uh, And, you know, hear just different, different stuff. Um, (laughs) I know one memory, well, I have several, but the ones that stick out most are uh (laughs) Grandparents' Day. I was in the third grade and we had a grandparents day uh program where we were like singing about our grandparents and how much we loved or whatever and pinky lived like what's that 20 15 miles away and was not supposed to be driving uh she had been (laughs) getting
1: you talking (laughs) about wait a minute wait a minute hold on wait a minute you talking about when we was living in metropolis yes Okay, so you got to set the scene. like Okay, we, okay. help me we set live... the scene
0: because I only remember but so much.
1: Okay, so mom, my mother, she, she was battling breast cancer on and, off, on and off from 1990 up until 2007 when she passed. So, you know, she got diagnosed, went in remission, then it came back. So, I guess that would have been, we moved to Metropolis in... Geez, 2004? Four or five. Yeah, it was 2004 because I started working with BDR. Best, best, way, to BJ. B, best way to BDR. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but mom was going through it with the cancer again at the time, and she lived in Ulland, which Ulland, the metropolis, is about a 30 minute drive, and mama wasn't supposed to be driving. <laughs> that, so, that being said, that's why, that's why I had to. That's why yeah, I had to stop that
0: her. Because I wasn't going to do it right, yeah. so I'm glad you did. That being said, I had mentioned it to her. I, was, I wasn't I was even on no, like, I would love for you to come. I was just like, yeah, we have a Grandparents Day celebration. But, you know, my other grandparents, I don't think they they weren't there. No. So I'm standing. I'm with all the kids, all their grandparents. You know, it was mostly white schools, So it's all these white faces, a occasional old black man. And we sing about the whole world. And then suddenly, I see Anne Marie <laughs> walk in the gym,
1: and I'm like, that, "That she tors, done drove that green torch. For <laughs> Lord have mercy!
0: I wonder how many drivers she pissed off on the way. But she walked in that gym, and I, my first thing was like, "Ooh, you in trouble." <laughs> <laughs> because I knew she was supposed to drive. Because at that time, like mommy would go pick her up, take. Her. So I'm like, you not supposed to be in no car, and ain't nobody with you. You ain't got no chaperone. What is go? Why are you here? So after the program. She like, Y'all yeah. came to the job, didn't Yes. So we in the classroom. She like, you had a great... yeah, That was great. She, she ain't even say She's not addressing the elephant in the room. The fact that she's there. You did real good. Save you, baby. And she said, you want to go buy your daddy's job? And I'm like, I mean... If you want to go If you want to open that... That door. We, I mean, we can. He cool. You know. We so we go. I want to say. I Did I? Did she go first or did I go first? Cause I remember you just was like, uh, what?
1: All I remember is I seen her walk through that door with you, and I was like, what the hell are you doing there, mom? Like you know you ain't got no business. I said, oh god. Like, and she didn't care though. Like that was nah, the thing. She, she was
0: coming to see her baby. That didn't matter. <laughs>
1: You didn't care about her grandbabies. You couldn't tell that. You get that woman surrounded by her grandchildren, you couldn't tell her nothing. Nothing. Not a thing.
0: Nothing at all. That That's one memory. I mean, I, I, think, I think most of my memories with her, honestly, I remember are from Metropolis because, I mean, we didn't move. We moved when she passed. But before that, like I was like. A like smaller child, so I don't really mm-hmm. have that many, um, you know, younger memories. I, I remember um, when she—this is not funny. I mean, it's funny now, but when she was sick and uh i want to say it was like towards the end like she knew she was you know really sick and weak and we that was where everybody would be at the house you know just in case so all the grown-ups is in the like kitchen living room area me and pinky it's thursday we watch a survivor in the room and she said i gotta use the bathroom can you help Mm -hmm. me? Can you help me? I remember that night. She said, can you help me get up and use the bathroom? Me being very helpful, Kiara, I'm going to help my grandma use the bathroom. I, I, (laughs) I grabbed her to help her up and she fell. You
1: fell. And you screamed.
0: Fell in between the like nightstand. Like she fell perfectly to where it looked like a deadly fall <laughs> to where I was like, I just killed my grandma. Oh. And he yeah, let
1: out a scream.
0: <laughs> I'm going to prison. I don't know what they do <laughs> to seven and six year olds in prison, but mm-hmm. I'm going to find out. And everybody came rushing in, and I'm, I, that's pretty, I'm, I'm 99% sure that's probably when anxiety started for me because I was like, I'm about to get in so much trouble, and y'all, you took, you specifically took me out of the living room. You was like, You're not in trouble. You're not in trouble. You was like, Are you okay? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm fine. Pinky, friend like, go check on her. And then you, you, was, and then all our Uncle Bob, you, everybody mad at her. I'm like, Y'all, she had to use the bathroom. Why y'all didn't, under, didn't understand? <laughs> At the time, I'm like she just got the
1: pee. Take the lady to use the bathroom. <laughs> she, she 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 got to a point where she would be doing too much. Mm-hmm. I, it's funny. I I have one that kind of relates to kind of that situation with you, and it's kind of somber. And it's I think I know T.T. Squeaky Squiggy was living in Florida at the time, mm-hmm. and somehow or another it was just me and Mama at the house, and she was not having a good day. And she was um she had to she had to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and I was the only person there. And she she was hurting. She was she was done. Like mm-hmm. she she looked at me, she had that look on her face mm-hmm. and she was like I you are my you my son. You're not supposed to Look at me like this or you're not supposed to be doing this for me. That's what your dad should be here. Mm. I'm not going to go into all of that. But That's a whole <laughs>
0: other episode. Kat.
1: I'm telling you, that was a that was a tough moment for me because I tried to express to my mother that I don't care what you need, I'm here for you. Right. If I got to pick you up and take you to the bathroom and clean you up afterwards, that's what I'm going to do. But her, she was a lady. If she wasn't nothing, she just did not feel like it was appropriate for her baby boy to have to take her to the bathroom and clean her up. And I, it, it, it did something to me. And I think it took a lot out of her because it wasn't long after that that you know she made that transition. Well, mm-hmm. I remember when I remember when that time came. We she said, um, you better get everybody here. So I called squeaky. She made it from Florida. Everybody, all the kids came was there. Mhm. We was deep. And, it was and deep. mama <laughs> she had a nurse that would come to the house. And that nurse got there. We was all sitting in there. And That lady said, "Mama said, if my temperature get to such and such, get me out of here. And everybody thought she was crazy or didn't understand what she was saying, but she kept saying, if my temperature get to such and such, get me out of here. She did not want to pass away at the house Mm. because we had talked about, you know, her, us taking over the house Mm -hmm. when she passed, she talked to all the kids and nobody really wanted the house. But, and I was like, I'll keep the house. So, you know, she, she did not want that memory. To be at that house mm-hmm. So And I swear She would have Squeaky take her temperature Every so often After that And when that temperature Got to that point She said Call the ambulance Call the ambulance It's
0: gonna take Call about 45 ambulance. minutes To get there Y'all might as
1: well take And It wasn't even really An emergency It was just She just needed to get out That house Cause that temperature Had got to a certain point Mm-hmm. And they took off to the hospital. Bob and Squeaky ended up at the hospital, and then by that time, they said that the think the cancer had spread to her brain and stuff. And they asked her if she wanted to continue, you know, trying to fight it. And she was she, tired. was she was just done. She was tired, and mm-hmm. she asked Bob and Squeaky if that was okay. And us oh. as the siblings, we had already
0: come had discussed it. And,
1: yeah, we are already said. You know, if you done, mama, it's whatever you want to do with your life. We gonna be okay because she had prepared us right as best. I feel like as best as anybody could prepare.
0: How 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 there, would you say that she prepared y'all? Like, what was some of the things?
1: It's crazy. She was open about what was wrong with her. She was honest. She told. She kept us informed about her doctor's appointment. She let us know the possibilities all the time. They're, the Nelson family and a lot of families, they have a tendency to hide mm-hmm. medical issues that's going on with family members, especially older family members. I remember my grandfather, when Foray's daddy died, everybody just thought he was sick. They didn't know. I think he ended up, I think he had prostate cancer and it just got to the point where it just ate him up. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was, everything was hush hush. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't know, you know, I got some, some other relatives. Their mother passed away and they didn't even, really didn't even know what was going on with her. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's, I don't, I think that runs rampant in a lot of black families that, you know, they don't be open about what's going on with them Um with their health. Mm-hmm. But my Aunt Marie didn't do that. She she experienced, because uh, Leroy, my, Fari's father, was one of her favorite people. Mm-hmm. And that hurt her when, he was like a father figure to her. So that hurt her when he passed away. And um, she really couldn't explain to us what was going what on. Was she going did the best on. she could. Yeah. And she just made a vow. Mama was big on family. Mm-hmm. And she just made it. Yes, her indeed. biggest thing was... She going to keep her family together no matter what. And uh, her biggest thing was she just didn't want to keep no secrets from us. Mm -hmm. And she made it clear, don't be at my funeral crying. (laughs) This is a celebration. (laughs) I want this, this, this. I mean, she laid it out. like It was
0: very organized, now that I think about it.
1: We did everything that she wanted to have done. And it, it indeed ended up being a celebration. It was not a sad occasion.
0: Yeah, no. And,
1: but you think about it. Mama was only 56 years old when she the passed part, away.
0: That's what I was going to touch on because how old were you? Old you?
1: Um, like,
0: you was in your 20s? Two. Mm-hmm. That, so when I was like younger, that wasn't in perspective for me the way I it 30, is now?
1: No, I was, hold on a second, 75 to 07?
0: Yeah, I'm not 30, good at math. I can do it real 32? quick. 32? 32? Still 30. young, still very young. Uh, yeah. If the math is wrong, I'm sure somebody will commit
1: that. Yeah, some, if, if that math ain't right. Just, know, somebody I let just me know. know
0: I saw my daddy as being like really young still. And so that really just clicked to me like maybe three years ago, like how old well how young you were when you lost your mother and how young she was when she passed because you know as we age like I, I always compare like the milestones like I think mommy had me when she was 23 soon as I passed 23 I was like yeah I beat my parents ain't got no kids so to know that I'm getting I'm I'm a little I'm far from 32 or however old you were but to know that I'm getting to that point, and then to to compare y'all's ages to where she was, and all these old, older people that I know, it's like that was really early. That was yeah. not the way it was supposed to be, and that really shakes me every time I think about it. Especially for you, and that's one of those things where I'm like, I I just be one like we when you was here, we was watching the um. Uh, who was it? Uh, Dion Cole. And he was talking about how he yeah. lost both his parents and how it really mm-hmm. changed you. And he was like, man, if y'all know somebody lost both their parents, just hug them because that changes a person. And I've always thought that about you and, and your siblings. Because that's, I mean, I don't even want to imagine. So it's like, to, to I just, I feel so much more like warmth for you when You know when we talk about pinky and that's why i love sharing stories because to know that like oh i'm really close to that age and you know y'all are getting close to that age and you know granted science and you know things have progressed since then and y'all go to the doctor regularly and haven't had any issues yet (sighs) any issues I ain't gonna say yet y'all haven't had any issues and so that's just something that like sits with me like it's something you didn't really realize as a kid I'm just thinking yeah dad you know my grandma passed away but as I'm getting older I'm like my grandma passed away in her 50s there's people out here with grandparents in their 90s and I'm I'm like dang I, I didn't even get to enjoy you know like growing up with her I just kind of you know lost her after Seven. I was seven. And that was, that's, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I don't even know where I was going with that. But I just, I feel, I'm like, my daddy lost his mama so young. That's, I can only imagine what that has done, like what that did to like you at that age.
1: Well, it. first of all, I feel like in me and my brothers, we always say, my mama used to always tell us, you ain't going to really become a man until I, I leave this place. Oh, Anne-Marie. For wh- why? But that's what she used to say. And, I, you know, we kind of still say that amongst each other now. Like, I know Junior, he that's something that he ride on tough. He stand on that tough. He said, when Mama died, that's when I became a man. And... It, it it did it did some. I mean, anybody lose their mama? Yeah. That anybody who have lost their mother understands that that's a pain that you don't wish on nobody. Like, but to lose her at such a young age, relatively young age, because you got I think Squeaky is approaching that age now, mm-hmm. and and it's crazy because Mama. She grew up rough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Didn't have nothing. Like, they didn't have nothing down there in Louisiana. Somehow they made their way to Chicago. That's where she met dad. But her upbringing was tough as hell. Like, she's witnessed some stuff and experienced some stuff that was very, very traumatic. Mm -hmm. And I think all of that might have had a part Uh, to play mm in her health and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, and internalizing that, that that can definitely fester into something bigger. You know, i they say like, you know, you're going to worry yourself to death or you're going to do X, Y, Z. Literally,
1: that was like, you think about um, mama, she didn't have a real good relationship with her mom growing up. Uh, She experienced some things that, you know, would set anybody off. Mm -hmm. Uh, Broken family. So her, her main motive, mama didn't care about, like I said a few minutes ago, her main thing in life was keeping, when she had a family, her thing was her family. That was her motivation for everything was her family. Like she was going to do whatever she, that's why we used to have them dinners at the house Mm -hmm. when we were driving trucks and we call her, let it be a Friday or Thursday and everybody know, you know, you have me, you at one point you have Fari, me, Bob, and Dave and numerous cousins driving trucks. And we would call, and say, Mama, everybody gonna be home this weekend. Daddy'll be coming here, go get some ribs. We're go, gonna get some ribs. Go get Some babe's <laughs> fish. <ribs. laughs> <laughs> mama, uh, mama, gonna she gonna boy. Mama used to do that skillet fried barbecue chicken.
0: Oh man, I love Dang. that. You know, I thought Ooh. Fari came up with that, but that is jogging with the cabbage, right?
1: Skillet fried <laughs> barbecue chicken, corned beef and cabbage, and cornbread.
0: Yes, and it was like it was like it was like drumsticks. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's one she, thing.
1: She, that yeah. was a that was. We got truck friends that was driving trucks with us back in the late '90s. That talk about those meals to this day. Like, it would you. It was sometimes you would come past. Like we lived on two acres of land. Oh yeah, and yeah. blue house. Sometimes you would come by there, and there might be five semis sitting in the yard. And a couple Mm -hmm. more uptown, and we just have a good old cookout. And people just eating, drinking, having a good time.
0: No invites, and people was pulling up and getting plates, anyways.
1: (laughs) People would be (laughs) driving by, see who all them cars pulling up, get your
0: plates. (laughs) what y'all doing out here I'm like what yeah. another one goodness Can y'all now, go home?
1: now somebody pulling it now when somebody pulling the driveway if I'm there I'm cocking that thing I'm like who is this
0: don't do no u-turn in my driveway yeah right. no it's crazy that she I she passed away in 2007 but that's one thing that I don't I don't know if she purposefully did it but She definitely instilled that like family aspect, even in her grandchildren. Like I'm I was only seven. And I remember so many of the times of just coming together. And, you know, th- my favorite part was when everybody would just be to, like, just everybody in the house. So we in a little double wide yeah. trailer. We in this double wide yeah. trailer and it's, it's full of people. And we just have yep. a good old time playing Pokino. I got my little <laughs> change jar. And she she let me take up one of her favorite cards. And mommy was like, oh, she she must really like it. She let you take one of her favorite cards. <laughs> And I'm like, when? And i like, I got the key I got three dollars. And and to this day, like that's one thing that has been really hard for me. Well, yeah, it's been kind of hard as like redefining what that family means to me, because like we don't have those, you know, like the last big gathering we had was when Fari passed. Like a lot of people say, like family only get together now and somebody passed and like to know that I'm so far away because I'm in North Carolina, y'all are Illinois. And to like, be like, dang, my idea of what family was, is not like, I can't go back to that. Like I, you know, my friends be like, yeah, I'm going to see family back home. Like we're spending. And in my head, I'm like, I don't have it right now, but I've kind of, I'm working on redefining what that family means to me. And it's just, it's really cool to kind of compare, And I'm like, you know, I won't have the double wide. I won't be cooking for everybody and their mama to come slide through for a plate. But I do have the greatest relationship with my in-laws. And, you know, once everybody starts planning for families, I'm like, that's going to be our, you know. And then y'all like, that's going to be our family time. So I'm like super, even though it's sad, you know, you remember the memories and you miss them. But I look forward to Creating like newer memories so that, you know, we we get older, my grandkids talk about, you know, I remember back in the day we used to go to her house and she let me drink a Coke like, you know, just to have just to instill those memories and, you know, make those impacts on people, because I'm sure a lot of things that occurred during those times is like what we needed like family time. Like I've noticed now when I don't go without either seeing y'all or if we don't go without seeing CJ's family for a while, like I start feeling some type of way and I'm like, oh. like when, it, when y'all can you and Mari came and y'all flights had got canceled. I, oh, yeah. asked CJ, was... I threw a
1: fit. I already know. The you Mari... would,
0: you would have thought <clears throat> that, uh, Somebody told me that like I couldn't, like I was on punishment. I tried my best, but I, I was like, they not coming. Like I've been, I've been needing this, and if they don't come, that's gonna break. Like I. I don't know what I was feeling. It's going to break my soul. Like, I need family. I need somebody. Meet me, in, meet me in Knoxville, for God's sake. Like, I just need to see somebody. I need to touch somebody that's got the same blood as me, please. And hey. so that's just that. That's really important to me. And that's one thing that, like, I always loved about Pinky was that family. And that's one thing that, like, I will. She been gone since 2007, but that, that. That uh that that she plan is still stands strong to this day.
1: Oh yeah, I mean you know you said something a minute ago. I kind of got a push back on you for for us. Uh, it's like, and I hear that from a lot of people. You know, they say family only get together when for funerals oh, after yeah. certain people pass away. But you know, I I personally took that on. You know, to make that. To break that cycle for the Nelson family and people, anybody affiliated with the Nelson family is like every I started a deal where every summer I would do a thing called a celebration of life, life. just so we could have those get togethers that didn't involve, you know, a funeral, a funeral
0: celebration
1: without the funeral. We was celebrating life. Like, I would, it was times I would just post on Facebook. Hey, if you in the area.
0: Yeah, I remember. At at this Mm -hmm. time,
1: just. Just stop through. You we, know, had, we, we, we had we
0: had porta potties, y'all. This is how big these celebrations of the life was. We had several porta potties because the and, one thing they didn't want was you coming in and out that house. You was gonna be outside, <laughs> so you was gonna use that porta potty. You was not too good. I had to use the porta potty. I wasn't too good <laughs> to use. Porta- I lived at that house.
1: You making up stuff now? But <laughs> no, Anyway, back
0: the porta to porta potty.
1: You didn't have to.
0: I got, mm, I got something to say offline. I ain't gonna say it because she go. Anyway, the, the person who told me I had to use the porta potty, not my. I ain't talking about my mama either. Y'all can probably deduce who I'm talking about. So I'm like, yeah, man, anyways, anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry,
1: anyway. <laughs> uh, back to uh, the celebrations, of, celebrations life. of life. Those get-togethers were epic. And it got to a point where my cousins are poor. She done a couple. Pud try to do something in Memphis. You know the cousins in Chicago. They doing something every year. So if you if you affiliated with the Nelson family, and you got this thing in your head that the family only get together for funerals, you you missing out somewhere because we always oh, yeah. trying to do something. To yeah. just for that fact, you know, we always trying to them, them get togethers in Chicago these last few they've years. Lit, man. Niche and Quan, they've been doing their thing. Shout and out, that though. all stems from the the promise that they made to their mother before she passed. She made them she made them promise to her that they would keep, you know, doing family things, keep mm-hmm. the, the family members down south. Don't forget always that's family. Oh. And them boys and took it and ran with it. Oh, I'm they took you, they, it. Look,
0: they will drive from Chicago to the southern tip of Illinois. And, and then a drive back the same night. Like, y'all ain't staying. <laughs> no, nah, we finna hit the road because, man, y'all gotta drive. But yeah, no, I'm glad you pushed back because I don't know if I said it, but I meant like we haven't had like those those super big ones. Like we don't have them as much. Like we you yeah, did yeah. you knew, which different. is like people get we get older. You know people got their own families and kind of spread spread out. And it it just yeah. gets harder. Like life is hard. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so like uh the just the memories that were made based on that foundation that you know family is everything and you know I carry that with me all the time whether it's blood. I have I have friends who I consider family, and they are just as important to me. You know, I, we always make sure we get together or we do a group FaceTime. You know, just to stay in touch because the world is the world is tough, man, and it's it's hard to be out here by yourself if you you ain't got no type of family or nothing. So it's important to create those familial bonds.
1: I tell you what, something else is something that me and my siblings, uh, something else that kind of sprang from. The memory of Anne Marie was every morning we do a we got a a sibling group chat, Mm -hmm. we call it Faraville, you know, and every morning you know we make a point to. Say a good morning to everybody, or if something going on, we we make a point. That's our that's our way of staying together. We can, everybody live, you know, from Oklahoma to <clears> Chicago, <throat> to Southern Illinois. So we kind of spread out, and that's something that we all had to get to a point of acceptance. Is you know we can't just get together on the weekends like we used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, Junior got you know he got seven he, grandkids. That's Grandpa Bob. Now
0: that ain't Uncle Bob. His, that's Papa. yeah.
1: His his family is expanding all the time. Yeah. Miss DJ, love y'all. DJ, y'all
0: stop having kids, please. No Y'all, keep try, y'all try to be far and pinky. I
1: love I love being that <laughs> uncle. Um then you got Squeaky, you know got Pooh. She got her babies, Skip got his kids, he got his family. His kids got Money, kids. You know, yeah, like I mean everybody's got the families are growing. So when we can get together, you know, we try to get together, but we understand that everybody ain't gonna always make it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's understandable. I think it's just like you said, the like the group chat, like just finding new ways too to just keep in touch, because it'll always have to be in person. Like, it's nice to see that person physically, but sometimes just a text, you know, just a hey, yeah, I, like, like me and Peanut. We barely talk, but we, you know, we have that relationship and that bond where I could text her right now or call her and we just going to talk like we talk like we just like, you know, like nothing ever happened. And so just, you know, staying in touch and not letting time, you know, uh, like decrease the quality of those relationships. Right. Just keep yeah. always keeping them intact. Ooh, that was that was an emotional one, wasn't it?
1: yeah it was since you went you took me back i wasn't expecting to go uh, with the pinky memories tonight. i wasn't no
0: oh did you have something to talk about mm-hmm. oh I, I, thought, mean, just, I thought you, you felt know. it coming man it's I'm been not, no. it's been brewing on my mind for i've been waiting for this one i was Hell like yeah. yes i got the name of the episode and everything Because <clears> you know that was so pinky. You- pinky was my that
1: was my girl I know. So I'm, I was gonna ask you, how do you remember how you came to start calling her Pinky? Mm. I gave I her that nickname. Uh, yeah, you the only person I know used to call her Pinky. Mm. No, we used to call we TT Shalise. T. Her nickname was Pinky. I mm. I I bet your mama know. You might have to pick her brain. I-
0: I've heard this story, but I probably need to check my sources because my brain be making stuff up sometimes. Like you claim the porta potty story was made up. It was not.
1: Um. I did not say the story was made up. I said you didn't have to use the porta potty. At least you wasn't, according to the guidelines, that porta potty was brought to the house. You were not one of the selected individuals that was supposed to use the of party.
0: Yeah, yeah the self uh, the self proclaimed uh, events manager of that night had told me that I <laughs> didn't need to be running out the house, so I used the
1: <laughs> uh, But yeah, no, um, I ain't know nothing about.
0: Yeah, no, it's it was nothing big. It was just funny. Uh, yeah, and but yeah, no, I don't remember. Um, why well, I started calling her Pinky, I just remembered us Pinky. I'm, I mm. feel like it might have had something to do with Teletubbies. I'm not sure though.
1: It probably did because you was a huge Teletubby fan back in there the day. There was
0: Tinky Winky. That's
1: <laughs> why I think that's why you I call you Wink today.
0: Probably <laughs> well, no, you call me Wink because that right? Because what? Cause I, I can't wink.
1: No, oh, man, don't give me the line. It's just a name that stuck.
0: Really? This whole time I thought it was cause I couldn't wink. <laughs> See <laughs> it just it don't work like that. I don't know. It's not an and G. <laughs> well, Daddy, we just hit a whole hour. How are you feeling after the first official episode? I feel like I should. I feel like I got a place of uh, a. Let me see.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I feel. I feel. You asked me how I feel. I feel good. I feel really good. I just like what we got going on. I think it's. I think we're going to attract more like minded people. To this thing and mm-hmm. i can't wait to start having like guests Man. on every now and then and I'm just so kind of just die. like neither one of us are therapists or counselors and Absolutely all like that not. just getting into some deep honest conversations with people that are you know more that are willing to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and open to the public about some of their stories cuz I've been I've been reading this book.
0: Mm-hmm. What you been reading? What's the what's the, what's the book called?
1: It's called Daring Greatly by Brené Brown.
0: Oh, you had it right beside you. You've been reading forever. Man, ever.
1: look, when, when I tell y'all if you ain't go get this book. And I don't know Brené Brown from a hill beans, but this lady got some information in this book. I'm just going to read y'all this definition of love as we you know in this episode
0: oh this is good
1: this lady says uh, i guess she had a book called the gifts of imperfection she says she shares the definition of love that she developed based on her studies on her data mm-hmm. and here it is she says we cultivate love when we allow our most vulnerable and powerful selves to be deeply seen and known mm-hmm. and when we and when we honor The spiritual connection that grows from that offering with trust, respect, kindness, and affection. Love is not something we give or get. Mm. It is something that we nurture and grow Mm. a connection that can only be cultivated between two people. When it exists within each one of them, we can only love others as much as we love ourselves. Shame, blame, Disrespect, betrayal, and the withholding of affection damage the roots from which love grows. Love can only survive these injuries if they are acknowledged, healed, and rare. Man, when I read that this morning, mm. I'm telling you. I'm going to need to go get that, that book. This, it's some powerful stuff about shame and uh Building resilience to shame mm-hmm. in this book that l- many people can benefit from, and I'm 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 glad I found this book because it's a it's a powerful book.
0: Man, that's a that's that that line itself got me ready to go buy the audio book. I'll put the book in the um in the podcast episode description, so if yeah. anybody wants to, you know, get a taste of that. Oof deep, (laughs) them deep words, y'all can do so Um, I look forward to hearing more about what's in that book but you know, you come with all the sentimental, the the heart touches stuff, you know what I got for you?
1: Probably a dad joke
0: You know I do, All right. Well, it's yeah (laughs)
1: I'm still tripping off the last one, I don't know how I didn't get that one
0: I asked my boss for a raise because three companies are after me. He asked me which ones. I replied, gas, water, and electric.
1: (laughs) I'm not not even...
0: (laughs) Hey man, Duke Energy won't say bills pay. (laughs) A raise? That's funny because I have a I have conversation talk with my manager tomorrow. I'm going I'm a run that by her, see if she like that. She might take my raise away. I ain't gonna do that.
1: Yeah, you you, you tell that joke in off in the, in the uh, mean you gonna get demoted. No.
0: Hey, You're absolutely right. She gonna say nah. You an intern now.
1: <laughs> she might walk you. She might walk you out the building.
0: Nah, she nah nah nah. She ain't gonna do that. She ain't gonna do that well that being said thanks so much for listening to daddy daughter dishes the official first episode if you guys enjoyed this episode please take a moment to review our podcast on apple podcast or spotify or wherever You listen to your podcast and you can rate them. Um, You know, it does it. It does. You know, it's nice for us to hear the ratings and stuff, but it really puts us on the charts and puts us in people's recommendations who have similar interests to you. So be sure if you did enjoy the podcast to give it a five star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube because we have the full We got the visuals. If you like to see our facial expressions and our gaps and our gums and our little (laughs) thing in between our teeth that we referenced in the last episode, uh, go to the YouTube channel, search Daddy Daughter Dishes on YouTube and subscribe. Share the video, share the content, share the love. And until next time, we'll see y'all later.
1: Thanks for watching and listening. Bye-bye, baby. (laughs)
0: Grrrr. <laughs>